We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is gonna feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. everybody how you doing well that's good welcome to broad street hockey radio that's right bsh radio my name is bill Matz. i'm your director of fun and games for the afternoon i suppose uh listen there's a lot to talk about and that lot is one guy it's claude Giroux. <laughs> this is a show about claude Giroux. uh we were all in attendance at the game last night in one capacity or another uh it was emotional. I think everyone's got a lot to say about G, so we're going to get right into it. Uh, let's start it off with the fly by yourself, Kelly Henkel. So I'd like to just take a second and um, kind of pump the tires on Megan, our person at Broad Street Hockey that makes our fan cams, which is what the youths call them. I simply refer to them as hype videos. <laughs> Music <laughs> the, videos. Yeah, you know. fan cams, whatever. Um, the one that she made for yesterday's game uh, was, like, in my opinion, a masterpiece. And not even just, like, you know, cool clips of Claude Giroux doing things, but just, like, the editing of it. 
it was excellent. Was brilliant. There was a there's a part at the end where she has G now tapping his stick on the ice, and it cuts to G when he was like twenty doing the same exact stick stick tap on the ice. It's like it's incredible. I don't know how she does it. She taught herself how to do this. She is extremely young. She's been watching hockey for like less than two seasons, and somehow manages to capture like the emotion that. I feel like you don't fully understand unless you've been watching this game for your entire life. And it was just incredible. And like not to to shit on the Flyers at all because I thought that their game presentation yesterday was very good. And I'm sure we'll talk about it. They did a great job. But her her video was heads and tails better than anything that the Flyers did yesterday. It was just so good. And I've had Imagine Dragons in my head for like 24 entire hours, which is just torture because I don't like that <laughs> band. Well, what, what can we say? The the youths, they're the youths. they're pretty good at this stuff. They know what they're doing. They are pretty damn good at this shit. Come out of the womb like knowing how to do Adobe. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> I was like sitting on my couch watching it in the middle of the day yesterday. Ava's just like, "Why are you crying?" I was like, "Leave me alone." <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's an emotional day. <laughs> From yeah, the that's F- all I got. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Yeah, so before we get into uh, a show that understandably is and should be completely about Claude Giroux, um, I do actually want to talk about something because it uh, has become apparent to me that apparently um, I was like a main character on Philadelphia Sports Talk Radio yesterday because of a tweet that I did. Oh, Um, boy. So the the tweet was essentially um, I was talking about the um the you know basically the fact that Claude Giroux is essentially uh, you know he is Flyers hockey for pretty much anyone under the age of 30 and maybe people that even are a little bit above that uh and then my second tweet was I know there are lots of miserable assholes here who relish pointing out how dismal this year has been in comparison to others in Flyers history fine get your jokes and digs in but Drew is basically the one constant positive the main reason to watch despite it all well a lot of uh quite a few apparently uh big-time radio host got very angry about that, and I think it was discussed this morning on a morning show. I want to make one thing clear. I completely 100% stand by that tweet. I am not apologizing because, I'll be quite honest with you, there are lots of miserable assholes, particularly on Twitter, who are incapable of, number one, actually enjoying anything. Number two, um, have been ripping on Claude Giroux for years because the team is bad when it very clearly is not his fault. And I have absolutely no problem with calling those people assholes because they don't know hockey and they get They don't served. watch hockey. They don't like hockey. Yeah. That's why this show exists, quite frankly. And I, I think the, the argument that, that the, some of the people made against the tweet was that, well, you can't be shitting on your audience. And quite frankly, I don't care if those people are my yeah. audience. Yes, I'm I not, can. I'm not, I was going to say, sure, you can. I'm not writing for them. <laughs> so, you know, if if that's my number one thing. So I just want to make that abundantly clear that, that I'm not apologizing. Um, number two, I do think there is something here though that is worth talking about um and it's the the disconnect with regards to Claude Giroux between and I'm not saying it's it's universal there are definitely younger fans that hate Claude Giroux and there are definitely older fans that that love Claude Giroux but I do think there is a little bit of a disconnect between the way older school fans tend to view him and the way younger fans tend to in the sense that 
older fans look at it as, well, the team always won, and now they don't. So clearly the guy who's the best player on the team that doesn't win isn't that good. Whereas the younger fans grew up with this guy. They grew up with Claude Giroux, and they look at it as, this guy has, you know, basically created all the memories that I have about the Philadelphia Flyers. So they're not looking at it as, you know, this guy doesn't stand up to past eras because they didn't live through past eras. This is their era. So I do think that is a driving force behind some of the disconnect, why a lot of the older heads are like, why are you not holding Claude Drew to this ridiculously high standard? And, you know, maybe there is some truth to that, but the fact of the matter is is that younger fans aren't going to hold him to this obscenely high standard because they don't have a stand that standard to hold them to. This they is, haven't this, won in fifty yeah, fucking like, years. This is Flyers yeah. hockey, and and all you can do is marvel at how good what? of a player Claude Giroux is, and not necessarily blame him for the fact that you know the team was quite bad for most of the years that he was the captain of this team. That's that that's what I'll say. So short short summation. I'm not apologizing, but I do think there is a real disconnect between a lot of the way older fans look at Drew and a lot of the way younger fans look at Drew, and it just comes down to the realities of how they viewed Flyers hockey and, and the length of time they've watched Flyers hockey. This team, I'm 34 years old. I was born in September of 88, so I missed all of the 80s when they went and lost to dynasties. My whole life, they've been, like, not accomplishing anything. Like, I realize, oh, yeah, well, they won the division every year, all that shit, like, in the Lindros era and, you know, competitive. They haven't, they've been to two cup finals in 34 years. Mm-hmm. Like, what? what is this standard? Anyone who actually watches the team and pays attention to it realizes the organization failed Claude Giroux, not the other way around. Yep. And if your opinion is opposite, I'm sorry, you're incorrect. The end, yes. you're incorrect. Yes. That's basically could, where I stand. <laughs> could, Claude, could Claude Giroux have maybe shown up in a few playoff series better than he did? Maybe. Okay, yeah, maybe. Also, they would be nowhere near the playoffs without Claude Giroux. Like, all those games, like, I would love to see a, a, a last 10 years game-tying goal stat. Like, final minute of a game, that they were just gonna lose, that he sends them the overtime in. I would... L- he did it once a week for five years, I felt like. Yeah. I, I, I just... I don't understand. I mean, I do. It's just that everybody thinks everything is basketball. Like, the Sixers are bad. It's because Joel Embiid didn't play well. So, like, in hockey... And I talked about this with Jim Jackson. Like, in basketball... The players play, you know, the best players play, what, 36, 40 minutes in a playoff game. Uh, like, in in football, the quarterback touches the ball on every single offensive snap. You know, those, like, Claude Giroux maybe plays 22 minutes in a playoff game, and that's a shit yep. ton in a 60-minute regulation game. There's three other lines that play a majority of the game. For most of Giroux's tenure, except for the year that they went to the Stanley Cup Final, they haven't had three other good lines. They haven't had two other good lines. It's very obvious. What was the stat you guys gave out, Kelly, on the on the green room? I could only partially hear it. The defenseman he spent 75% of his ice time with yeah, are like uh, Andrew McDonald, Luke Andrew Shen, McDonald, Nick Grossman, and, and Risto. Yeah. 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 His whole career. 75% of the time. Mm-hmm. He's been playing four on five for 75% of his fucking career. <laughs> yeah. 
And and the 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 last point I'll make, and then let's let's go into Claude Giroux completely because I don't want to take up any more time being it's you know self you know pontificating whatever. But it's it's hard for me to accept criticism from sports talk radio when part the reason why these stupid narratives about how Claude Giroux, yeah. not just part yes. the reason, a large part of the reason why these stupid narratives about Claude Giroux not being good enough and not being a good enough leader and actually he's a second-line caliber player and all this other crap, when a lot of that is coming from the discourse that originates yep. from Sports Talk Radio in Philadelphia. Here's the thing, and this is a problem generally, but like – both sides don't always require the same amount of respect or the same amount of conversation. Sometimes one side of a discussion is just wrong and you should say so. And just like Bill said, if you look at the Flyers over the last 10 years and you think that Giroux is the problem and not the organization being a problem for Claude Giroux, you're simply wrong. And there's no real point in having a conversation about it because you're living in a fantasy land where facts don't matter. So, like, you can't have a conversation with you about it. Like, how many times, how many times since, uh, okay, 2012 against the Devils, I would say the Flyers are better than them and they lost. All right. How many times since then have the Flyers been the better team in a playoff series? The answer is zero. Of, I was going to say, I can't think of a single Montreal, time they were favored. Montreal, yeah. that yeah. was Maybe. it. And they, they beat that. I mean, you could make a case that they were more talented than the Islanders, but in retrospect, looking at what happened to this team over the next two years, they probably weren't. Like there were just yeah. there were we guys they that might be, there but... were guys that we thought were better than they actually turned out to be, and that's why we thought they were more talented than the Islanders. But like after seeing what's happened to you know guys like Ivan Provorov and Travis Konechny and Phil Myers over the next couple years, like yeah, they probably weren't as good as the Islanders because those guys were probably just playing a little bit over their heads that regular season. And in some the cases, Island- more than just a little bit. The Islanders are shit this year, and they're still better than the Flyers. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, it's they were better then; they're better now. It's very clear. Like, at, at no point have the Flyers had a good team. It, it's been Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek and Wayne Simmons and a bunch of fucking bums. Like, that's basically I mean, been it's the, a little bit far. Sh- but but there's, and there's Sean a, Couturier. I'll yeah, throw in Couturier <laughs> and Sean Couturier too. Buyers, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, and then a whole bunch of fucking bums. Like, that's what the makeup of this team has been for the majority of Giroux's tenure. And it's it's disingenuous to argue otherwise. It's an yeah. argument coming from people who do not watch hockey. Do not. They don't. That's they don't. What, like, you know Specifically why? the one that we're all talking about. Doesn't watch a fucking second of hockey, but is the smartest person in any room he walks into. So naturally, he can have a conversation about hockey. No, he's an asshole. And he has no idea what he's talking about. Not even a little bit. I just I mean I I honestly like I don't know all the specifics of who brought it up. I just know it became a thing. And I only saw the one thing. And I just I just want to be like, you know, look, number 1, I ain't backing down. Number 2, I do understand the disconnect. Number 3, if if, if this is stemming from the belief that, you know, Claude Drew shouldn't be, you know, praised for his career with the Flyers because he wasn't good enough, then that's just an inaccurate way to look at the situation. Yeah, like why don't Continue ignoring hockey, please. Yes, like, please. <laughs> this it's good is, for us. Like, please. No, it's I. <laughs> I told uh, like I, a couple of years ago, I went. My buddy's a media teacher at my old high school, and I went in, and they like asked me, you know, how I got started and everything, and I said I got tired of being one of the people who were like, why don't they talk about sports radio on hockey, or why don't they talk about <laughs> hockey, hockey on sports radio? <laughs> why don't they talk about hockey on sports radio? I'll just do it. 
And that's, I mean, that's how, that's why this show exists. Listen to the people who actually watch hockey. Uh, Charlie watches stat sheets, but like he still knows. Right. Player yeah, players. I watch hockey on occasion, you know, yeah. once in a while. I, I, sometimes actually, I have to watch the game to fill up the stat sheet. Yeah. yeah. Charlie's actually never watched a hockey game. He just uh, watches an Excel sheet. Yeah, he just scrapes information off of the internet like a robot and computes it in his extremely talented brain and then spits out articles that are like well thought out and well written. About I'm just the sport of I'm literally just watching binary code describe the game <laughs> yeah. like like the matrix. I was gonna say like the dude in the matrix who's yeah. like the code's going yeah. by he's like but yeah. I can see it all like describing <laughs> yeah, the Charlie. scene and everything. Uh all right, let's talk about the game a little last let's. night. It let's was it. a lot of fun. Uh Kelly before you joined us on Zoom, I just said to Charlie, Zach Mack, flyer for life. Fuck um, he knew it last night. He knew what last night was all about, baby. He understood the assignment. <laughs> that was that was a throwback. Like, it was a throwback fight. He because knew it, he was it wasn't off just the face a fight. Off. Like he you do the you do the fight, but like he knocks him down, and then McCarran's like, hey, I'm not done. He's like, yeah. Alright, I'll beat, all right. you, so beat you up some more. Sure, why not? No, yes. That was like straight out of goon. Like, nope, get up. <laughs> like, it was so good. And, like, I didn't realize until I got home and I watched some of the broadcast highlights that he was saying, like, do you fucking like this? Like, to the crowd when he was headed to the penalty box. I was like, oh, my God. Oh. I, think, I don't know if I've said it out loud on this show or I've just been saying it in my head. I love our fourth line. Specifically the Jerry Mayhew version. Sorry, Max Willman. But the Jerry Mayhew version of our fourth line, I love it. And if this were a good hockey team ahead of them, they would be – like heroes in the city. Like I'm obsessed with them. I literally hope every single one of them is back next year and they just build a good team in front of them. Cause they're a great fourth line, like a really good fourth line. They score goals. They don't do. They give up a lot of goals. Charlie? They were good last night. They were legitimately right. really good last night. I mean, the thing with McEwen is that he's weird in the sense that his numbers are real bad, but I watch him and I'm like, this guy seems good. Right? Yeah. He, does. <laughs> like, he does, right? Stuff. I'll tell you why his numbers are bad. Because he never actually gets the shot. Like, he, like, beats a guy and then, like, is in position and then somehow doesn't get the shot off. And so, like, I, I you don't even get a shot attempt for it. But I, I, things happen when he's on the ice. That's all yeah. I know. As we fun before, as hell. He does and, stuff. Yeah, he, he does stuff. Does stuff. <laughs> we got a team. We got a team full of guys who don't do stuff. Do nothing. <laughs> he does stuff. Okay, uh, but but go, going into the yeah, game, I mean, game. I think to me the thing that stood out the most. I mean, it's just aside from the presentation, which was really nice, and we can get to that. I think they really did right by Drew. But the thing that stood out the most to me is just look. This is still not a good team, no, and there were parts no. of the game where they remembered. You know, whether it was consciously or subconsciously, that they're not a good team. Yeah. But it was abundantly clear how much these guys wanted to win this game for yes. Clutch Roof. And it yes. was abundantly clear 100%. how much they were giving to try to win this game for Claude Drew. Like that first period, that might have been the best period they played all season. I know they it was only incredible. Were up on nothing, but like they were just, and they were still fucking up. Like there were a few times oh, where yeah. Carter Hart had to make big saves, but like they were legitimately from start to finish outworking a good team in the Predators. And that was purely like, you know what? No, this is this is G's game. We're yeah. gonna win it for him, and that was awesome. And then the same thing happened late in the third, when yeah. when you know this season, how many games have they blown late in the third? They came back late in the third, yeah, and they took the lead late in the third, and it just it really felt like you know, Drew said after the game, because I asked him like how did it feel, you know, to kind of know the guys were doing it for you, and he was like, I like to think they weren't doing it for me, but it's like <laughs> no, no, they were. 
Like yeah. they they See, were definitely one hundred percent doing it, buddy. They're not for you. Y'all ain't this good. We've been watching. <laughs> there was something else, and it was you. Uh, it was not, like Kevin Hayes. Uh, you know, I've been rallying, just fucking sit him. Uh, but he's looked better since he's come back from this most recent procedure. Uh, Best you game know, that he's played since he came back. Yeah, you know, like Kevin Hayes is in serious pain today. That dude is sore as shit. Uh, and it, it just like. It, again, say whatever the hell you want about Claude Giroux's leadership. You're in the locker room, so you don't know. And I don't know. I don't play for the team. Uh, like, I know I look like Zach McEwen, but <laughs> the fact that they played like that for him last night, yeah. I mean, you know, tell Wayne Simmons he ain't a good cap. Yeah, that's the thing. You, know? like, you, you can't see that kind of effort and then tell me that the team doesn't appreciate him as a leader. Like, no. You know, it was cool. The coolest thing for me was that, and I, I really don't want to be like the person blowing smoke up the flyers' ass in this show, but, um, I have. It was very admirable that they decided to give away as many tickets as they could to this game, kind of acknowledging, like, yeah, listen, we know yeah. no one wants to buy this product right now, but we really want this night to be perfect and they gave away a shit ton of tickets and i don't know if i'm sure it was a combination of it being drew's night and also their efforts just to get asses in the seats but the building was more crowded than i've seen it in a very long time like Months. walking on the concourse like bumping into people because there were so many people just like packed and not only that but like engaged in the hockey game and just like it it felt like the old days, which is like such a cheesy thing to say, but it did. And it, it really gave me some hope because it tells me that like the fans are still there. Like you haven't there. lost oh, them. Yeah. yeah. You haven't lost them yet. And so all you need to do, Charles J. Fletcher, <laughs> is just give them something to root for. And that building is going to be electric again. And I fully believe that is why they will not rebuild. That's why they're going to do the aggressive retool. Yeah. I think they know if they win, they can fill up the building and like a sustain two to three seasons of losing. You might lose some people. Yeah, but see, so here's the thing. And like, there, I do agree there's some truth to that. But like, the whole reason why. Like the whole, the whole reason why someone like Claude Giroux, you know, like people love him so much, you know, look, there's an element of, you know, how great is he, the numbers he put up, the fact that he was trying to drag this carcass of a team for a decade into something remotely resembling relevancy. But like a lot of the real loyalty stems from the years when the team was actually good and yeah, he yeah, was, and he was real sure. good. Like, you know, he's not, this isn't the spectacle that it was last night if Claude Giroux doesn't score in game three of the cup final in overtime, if Claude Giroux doesn't have the shift against Pittsburgh, like that, the, the kind of love that he has, it doesn't, like, it's not going to come from a team that loses in the first round every year. What it no, comes no, from no, is right. it comes from a guy who was great on a really good team, then became the best player and they failed him. So there's a lot of element of like what could have been and like the betrayal of Drew in terms of building a quality team around him. If you're just mediocre forever, like I don't know if any like 
if Joel Farabee plays a thousand games, but he never gets past the first round ever, like I don't think he's loved as much, nearly as much as Claude no, Julien. Right. Like I think they have to take a good hard look in the mirror still and be like, you know, like yeah, I agree that it shows that the fans are still willing to, you know, to, to support this team, to still willing to go out, but like you're losing Claude Giroux. And I don't know if you can be good without Claude Giroux. So are they losing? So he, yes, Bill. Here's the thing. No, I mean I think he's getting traded. That's obvious. It I really just how, feels like he's coming back. How? Like, I don't know. League men. Okay. Okay. So they're gonna I, just trade a bunch of guys. They're gonna do wild I, shit this all I mean, season. I hope you're right. It's I'd gonna be, be spicy, it. Chuck. Man, they <laughs> might not be good Chuck. trades, but like. Provorov so, ain't coming back. I'm telling like, you. I, I, okay. 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 Wait a second. So just on for one second to touch on rebuild versus retool. So I went to the game yesterday with my new friend, Bill, who is a season ticket holder. Other Bill, not Bill Matz. Um, I'm not a season ticket holder. He got invited to the season ticket holder uh, focus group before the game. And he was like, do you want to go to that? And I was like, do I ever? <laughs> so I got to go to the season ticket holder focus group thing and listen to, to a bunch of boomers complain about why the Flyers don't love them enough. Um, and there was one. Our asked, Christmas gift. It, 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 Bill, I, it, go in Slack. I listed the questions that were asked. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. But one thing, I forget how it came up, but it was Mike Shane, who was the, I don't know, VP of something. Charlie, you probably know. Um doing the answering and at some point he got to talking about the rebuild versus the retool and he said some things that were interesting that could be a bunch of bullshit but I was kind of like maybe that when Chuck and Dave decided ahead of that press conference like we are going to say out loud we are not rebuilding we're, we're retooling that before that decision was made there was like a lot of analysis done i'm guessing by the stats people about who they have in the system who's coming up he specifically mentioned bobby brink yeah. and ronnie addard um as i, I as, like them both as prospects i think they're both very yeah good prospects, as guys that i guess brink. that they feel are close enough that they might be able to contribute to the team soon it was just kind of interesting in that it sounded more like an informed hockey decision that it then it had been in my head prior to that. Like before it was kind of just like, this is a business decision. They don't want to fuck around with being a bad team for five years. You know, we want to be competitive again, blah, 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 blah. But like thinking of thinking about the idea that like, perhaps it, it, it could it work? I'm last night has me all fucked up and positive again. I don't know what to do with myself, but I don't know. I don't know. So the one point I'll make about that, and like, I feel like we talked about this a couple shows ago, oh, just the, the idea of like, is there a scenario where this all works? And like, there are, it's just, I think they're less likely than the ones where it all doesn't right. really work at all. Yes. Um, but one point I will make, and this is something I hear a lot when I talk to people in the game with, with teams. Almost universally, people like in front offices in organizations are generally speaking way more optimistic about their own team than anyone else's. And 
part of that is just the proximity to it. Yeah, I mean, you sense. you convince yourself that all your prospects are going to be great. You convince yourself that all your injured players are going to come back 100%. You convince yourself that your people, are, you know, all of your your staff are great because you hired them. I mean, you think they're good at their jobs. Why else would why else would you have hired them? And there can be a little bit of blindness there with regards to, you know, look, like I like Bobby Brink a lot. I don't think Bobby Brink's a superstar. I think Bobby Brink can be a, a darn good top nine forward. I don't Definitely think he's a superstar. Not. I think Ronnie Adder can be a real good number five, maybe a number four. But, like, right. I don't think he's moving the needle drastically. And, and I do wonder if the Flyers I, – I look, I, I, don't, I don't doubt – that Chuck Fletcher and his front office have run the numbers that they've they've talked about this and they've they've really thought long and hard about whether they think they can fix this and I don't doubt that they believe they can. I don't think that that's disingenuous. I don't think that Dave Scott just sent Chuck up there to be like you got to sell this because we ain't rebuilding. I think they believe it. I just think they're wrong. Right, yeah. I think they're wrong in the sense that it's not impossible that it's not impossible that they fix this, but it's a low enough likelihood considering all the things working against them that I wouldn't take the bet that they can fix this. And if it's lo- a low enough likelihood, I would make the decision to pivot to more of a let's look to the future kind of yeah. philosophy. But hey, you know what? I'm not saying it's a 0% chance they can't fix this. And hey, it'd be real cool if they fix this. So I'd like to see them fix it. That would be really neat. I'm not rooting against them to fix this. I just, it's not the the pathway that I would take, but sure. I mean, as I said, like, if Ryan Ellis comes back healthy, if Kevin Hayes is now getting back to 100%, if Coots is fine, if they can find, if they can make a good trade or two and, and, and move out some pieces and clear some space, like, yeah, maybe they can, and they get a couple prospects, like Wade Allison stays healthy, and, you know, Tanner Lezinski's a good fourth liner to third liner, and some of the pieces that get back in the Drew deal are great, and hell, Giroux comes back for cheap. Like, yeah, <laughs> you can fix this, but, like, it's going to take a lot of things to go right. Oh, that's, like, <clears throat> we've talked about this plenty. I don't think it's going to work. I think it's possible, like you said. Like, yeah, anything, anything's possible. <laughs> oh, everything in life is fifty-fifty. You know, it's either going to work or not. Uh, <laughs> what they say. Like, I, I think there's a path. I, I think there's going to be enough moving parts this off season where they could just honestly get lucky. Like, <laughs> maybe they just fall ass backwards into a pretty competent team. Uh, I don't even know if that team's a cup contender, but. Uh, you know, let's talk more about Giroux. Yeah, let's uh, talk I, more about the game. The um, game. The game. I just, I'll tell you, I mean, that, those press conferences after the game, I mean, they were, they, they hit hard. I, I mean, you know, and, and it's, it can be hard for me because, you know, I came from a fan perspective and now I'm a journalist. Um, but it was, just, it was very emotional. I mean, you could, you could tell how much these guys care about Claude Drew, and you could tell how much respect Mike Yo has for Claude Drew. And then when Claude Drew came up, you could tell the mixed emotions. I mean, the, the one line that I tweeted out that really, really hit me oh. was when he said, and let me see if I can get it, the exact one was it. It's a fun night, but yeah, not really. And like that was, it's just like, like you could tell how much he appreciated it and how much it meant to him, but you could also tell that there's nothing more he wanted than for this night not to have had to happen. Yeah. And that was the, that was the push pull of it all. 
that just really, really made it like it, it was it was it was heavy. It was and, a heavy night. And like that was we've been it didn't feel so much at, of a 1000 games way to go. You you know, you and Clarky thousand games. It was a thank you for your service sort of. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, and he knew that. I mean, yeah. they all knew yeah. they knew that he wasn't getting on that plane to Ottawa. Yeah. Like they all knew it, it was. This was no secret. This was not something that was decided like, hey, we're making progress with Florida, so Claude, you're not going on the plane. Like, he fucking knew. They all knew. He didn't. He's not going to no, Ottawa? No, okay. no. I got confirmation. No, I got confirmation late last night. It was reported by a few other people before me, so I didn't even bother. Yeah. But I, I put it in my story. Yeah, he didn't go to Ottawa. And, and you could you could even tell that just from circumstantial evidence because they were getting on the plane. P- Flyers PR rushed all the other players out. It was like, you know, like talk to Sandheim, talk to Hayes, talk to um, talk to Hart. Uh, who else do we get? Um, Farabee. Talk to Farabee. But they got to they got to get done real quick because we got to get on the plane. And then there was like 15 minutes before we talked to Claude Giroux. And it's like, all right, there's no way Claude Giroux's getting on this plane. Like <laughs> they're they're letting him hang out with his family and decompress before he talks to the media because he's not having to rush to the airport to fly out to Ottawa. He's not going anywhere. I mean, there was a reason why, like, Bill, in your talk with JJ, and this was something that I hadn't thought about, the fact that normally this kind of celebration is done after the game is played. Like, you play your thousandth game, and then the team does a little thing for you. It's, like, not usually that the milestone is celebrated, like, ahead of the game that you're going to be playing. But, like, obviously, as Charlie said, the entire organization knows what's happening here. So it had to be. It had to be done. Yesterday. Yeah, and I mean, I had heard, I had heard from a couple people. Well, not actually not a couple. I heard from one person this week that there was legitimate consideration to the idea of giving him the first shift and then pulling him. I and thought that they might. I, I won- really thought that was on the table. I wondered if they were going to do it, and obviously they didn't. And I asked Mike Yo. I actually didn't find a way to fit this in my column because it was long enough. Um, but I asked Mike Yo after the game, you know, if that was a thought. And his response was great, and it's exactly the response you had to give. And his response was, I don't think the G would have wanted that. And then he laughed, to, to be honest with you. You guys know what a competitor is. he is. G wanted this game. The way he played tonight, we definitely wanted him out there. He was like, you know, it, it, you couldn't have. Claude Giroux did have control over this process to a degree in the sense that, like, it is his no movement clause. If he just says, I ain't leaving, then he ain't leaving. But he, it also, you know, I'd like to think that even if he didn't, they would have given him the ability to decide if he wanted to play the full game in his final game. And knowing the kind of competitor that Giroux is, I, it would be hard for me to imagine him being okay with leaving after a shift. When he no. got hit last night, I was oh like, my oh, God. no. I was, my, I, oh, my God. My heart <laughs> leapt out of my chest. It was hard enough not having him on the ice with that net empty in the final Oh no, Patrick Brown had to get out there for that fucking big face off, let me well, tell Yo, you. Yo said <sighs> that that he like couldn't put him out there. Well, like, one thing couldn't. One thing that made me feel better about that because I was iffy like that that struck me as like a little like I get it, Mike, I do that yeah, you know, but cuz Mike was like, "Look, if if he would have got hurt blocking a shot in the final minute of the game, like his 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 joke was they would have had an interim head coach to the interim head coach. Like, <laughs> I would have been fired on the spot. And that's fair. But also, like, you did play him the whole game. Right. Like, he could have gotten hurt at any other moment. But the thing that made me feel better about it was then when we talked to to, to Drew, 
um, you know, about 20 minutes or so later. And I think it was Olivia who asked him about it. You know, would you have liked to be out there? And he basically said, like, honestly, I was in no state to go out there for, in that last minute. Like, oh I was too much of a wreck that I, I don't even know if I could have could have played. This guy's killing. <laughs> I'm too emo- – I might be too emotional for sports. Like, I'm having, like, a – a lot of turmoil inside of me because like I I did mean everything that I said the last couple of shows except for, I think at one point said I was out because of the Risto deal but like like last night like the experience that I had last night I can't ever be out really like I can't <laughs> like I can't like I I care about this stupid hockey franchise that doesn't know that i exist and i really yeah they might know them. you exist now i think they do oh, no. <laughs> um, something tells me they do <laughs> but just like the building being how it was and like everyone just celebrating this guy that all of us love watching and getting to like talk to people who listen to our podcast and I was wearing a face mask on the L on the way home, and a man came up to me and said, are you Kelly from Broad Street Hockey? And I was like, how the fuck? Hell yeah. Do you, like, two-thirds of my face is covered with a black mask. How do you know who I am? And, it, like, it was just like, I love this. I love doing this. I love all of this. I love this stupid hockey team. If they are shit for five years, I'm going to come on here and complain about it. But I'm like... I've, you know, there are people who are saying, like, I can't invest myself in this anymore. And that's totally fair. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. It's been physically painful at times to watch this team over the last couple of years. So if you're out, like, I get it. I have just come to the conclusion over the last three days that it's literally impossible for me to actually be out on this hockey team. Can't do it. This was a great, this was a great. Bob Clark. Sorry. <laughs> it was a great night. It truly was, was a great good. night. And I think, you know, it, it was um I brought it up to to Mike Yo to um to in pregame after the pregame skate, which was really just an optional, like no one really skated. And I asked him because they, they were all wearing the shirts with Drew doing the celebration uh for the stadium series game. And I basically brought up that like, you know, that was a season where that was a bad year. That was the the year hack got canned, team was real bad, but like they had that game. They had that game where it was Simmons' last game. It was at the link. It was a spectacle. And they win it in epic fashion. And, like, that season, like, throw that entire season in the garbage. But, like, the fans and the team, they got that one moment that they'll never forget. And I asked, yo, I was like, do you think, you know, I know you weren't there for that game, but, like, do you think this game could sort of serve that same purpose? And he kind of like, you know, poo-pooed it. Like, well, you know, we, we really want it. It's an important game. We want to win it for G. Well, then at the, you know, at the post-game presser on the first question, he brought up like kind of unprompted. He's like, I think Charlie asked this question this morning that like, could this be like the highlight of the season? And he's like, it pretty much was. Like this was, this is the game as awful as a season as this was, is we still got more of it. Um, 22, Unfortunately. Baby. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> this is track or anything. <laughs> this is a game that's worth remembering on a lot of levels. It was a game. Thank God that- they won. See, oh, oh, my God. God. <laughs> and when they went into the third tide, I was like, come on. There was and then when, a they goal. That, when they had that goal called back, I was like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, I was like, that's. Oh, no. First of all, can it. we. Can we talk about that for a when second? Can, when did we be able to challenge So you can just review step? anything. I've lit, I, I was like on my phone Googling, like when the fuck did 
did they decide they to were like you a high stick? stick. I was like, minutes, how? Minutes before the goal even happened. Like, what? So the referees now serve no purpose. None. Like, you they mean, don't need to be out there. The players just need to keep track of what penalties are happening and then let them know after a goal is scored and they can just go back and retroactively call them. I like, was, what the? What? I was completely unaware that that is reviewable. Literally zero idea that it was a reviewable thing. And I, the way that the NHL gets in, in the way of itself, why in the world, <laughs> if, a, if a ref misses a call like that, it's a missed call. Like you would not, you acknowledge all the time about how the human element of officiating can't be taken out of the NHL because it's such a fast game. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. They missed a call on a high stick. Maybe they miss a hand pass from time to time. Like it, it, it's one thing. If Maybe the it's pl- in the playoffs. <laughs> right. It's one thing if the play is like directly related to the scoring of the goal, but this was like way before. Way like, before it even happened. I watched a, I remember, I think it was the 08 playoffs against the Capitals. Somebody on the Caps, like, corrupt, like, chopped the puck down into the net like a sword. And his stick hit the crossbar, and they didn't call it a high stick. And then everyone was like, yeah, all right, game on. And... Now we can just go back and review a random high stick in the middle of that just blew my mind. Not not like I could a high, not believe not like what a I was high watching. Sticking penalty. Yeah, no one got Playing hit. Playing the puck with a high stick and not into the net. Not minutes into the before, net. Minutes Way before. Way far the- away from the net, actually, about <laughs> as far as you can be without being offside. We hit. We touched the puck with a high stick, and now we're taking a goal. Like I, it's so stupid. Thank, if they hadn't won that game, I would I would be losing my I but, would but, lose my mind. But you know what was cool about that play that I will say, um, you know, not that there's anything inherently cool about that play in particular, but the one thing we've talked about a lot and they've talked about it a lot, the players, the coaches, is that this team, particularly over the last two years, but really this has been a problem for a while, that when when something goes wrong, they don't respond well. You know, they, they, they let one yeah. mistake turn into 10 and the whole thing falls apart. And when that, like, that was probably, like, unfair that that goal got yes. disallowed, considering the fact that, like, the high stick, like, I mean, hey, they had multiple other chances to stop that goal, whatever. Like, it's kind of a, a ticky-tacky thing to call it back for that reason. Mm-hmm. Like, that was an opportunity for the Flyers to just be like, well, you know, we tried, G. I'm yeah. sorry. You know, we gave it we gave it our best college try, but we just couldn't get you the win. And instead, they not only score another tying goal, this one that's actually allowed minutes later, but they win the frigging game in regulation. Yes. Like I that was, was it, it was it was cool to see them actually yeah. overcome adversity for once. Yes. I was in shock that they actually scored two more goals and won it in regulation. Seriously. This has been this has been a like Charlie said, this has been a mentally weak team. Um they were not last night, and I, it's, it is about G. Should we take a, a break? Probably? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a break. Yeah. Let's do that, and then we'll come back, talk more about G, and uh, wrap it up, I guess. All right, yeah. Enjoy this uh, plug for a product and or service. <laughs> this is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. 
and I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, fam, we are back, and we are talking about Claude Giroux. So I guess the uh, the inevitable trade, we need, to, we need to discuss these potential returns. It seems like it's Colorado and Florida. Uh, yeah, are, it looks, are it looks like those are those that are the teams based it. on everything I've heard. It's one of those two, probably. Joe Sackick, if you're listening, please. I really I want it to be Colorado. I want. I, I need like it. So yes, more. I want to. I want to go all in on being I, a bandwagon I, Avalanche fan. I want to buy their jersey. Like yes. I don't like Florida's jersey. I don't like them either. I, I guess. Okay, you g- have my to get- my, my argument for Florida is simple. Have you guys watched them play? I know, awesome. I know. They are fucking fun. Here's the thing, though. They my have whole, to be... My, they have my to entire... Exactly. My Colorado entire focus... Is a cakewalk. Exactly. My entire focus is Claude Giroux winning a Stanley Cup. Colorado, like, almost has a first-round bye. Like, they are... Colorado's got to get by Calgary at some point. That's unless it. they fuck it up, they're getting to the Western Conference Final. Like, unless they fuck it up. It would have to be them fucking it up, not they them They fucked it up beat. a couple years in a I row. I know, I know, but maybe <laughs> not this year, especially if they have Claude Giroux. Yeah. Florida, on the other hand, is going to have a fucking slog the of a time ridiculous. getting through it the Eastern hard. Conference. And yeah. I don't want to see him go to a team that is, yes, extremely good and very fun to watch and will definitely be even more fun to watch with Claude Giroux. And then, like, see him beat in, like, a seven-game series against Shesterkin or some shit that just, like, eh, ah, no, I, no. Wouldn't that be some shit? No, I can't deal with it. I cannot <laughs> deal with later, it. Ten years later, it's still I just need him a Rangers goalie. Over there, away from all of these teams that I have to watch all the time. Go over I, there. I guess, and look, I'm, I'm sympathetic to your argument that, like, the East, particularly the path that teams in that other division, um, the Atlantic, are going to have to take. It's going to be tough. I mean, you got, just in that division, like, you got, you, got, you got Florida, you got Tampa, you got Toronto. And Toronto is real good, too. Like, if, they, yes. if, if Jack Campbell ever, ever wakes up and remembers he's a pretty good goalie, like, they're real, real good. And that, and, and, have you seen like, Boston lately? Yeah, like the East, the, the one thing that's going to be really fun, I mean, it sucks for, for Flyers fans, but like because like the East is interesting because like there's a lot of real bad teams and spoiler alert, the Flyers are one of them. But because of that, like it's a very stratified conference. The good teams are freaking juggernauts. Yeah. And this yeah. playoff is going to be a lot of fun to watch just as a yes. hockey fan because these teams like like the Rangers might be the worst team. Because they're actually not that good. It's just they have a goalie. Yeah, but they who have the goalie who's breaking every record. <laughs> yeah, yes. Which like is they have just the best so goalie in the world. Annoying. Yeah. Again. <laughs> of fucking course they do. Of course Again. they do. But, but I guess what I'm saying is that, like, yes, the East is tough. 
Florida is real, real good. Yeah. And they're real, real good even without Claude Giroux. If you give them Claude Giroux, like, they might, they might be my pick over Colorado. They're that good. Listen, I'm going to be fully on board. Oh, I'm not talking about who I'm rooting for. I'm talking about who I I'm picking. I, they're real, real good. I, it just, I, I just feel like the Eastern Conference is primed for at least one upset just because of how tough it's going to be. Sure. And, it, and if it's the Claude Giroux, Florida Panthers, I'm going to be upset. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to be upset. I think the upset is going to be, uh, I think Toronto's going to fall into the first wild card. Boston's oh, going to pass them. Oh, no. <laughs> and they're going to beat Carolina in the first round. Oh, my God. That would be, be I funny. think that's the upset that's That fun. would be kind of funny. I, I, I don't like that either. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I have a, like, I picked Colorado to win the cup this year to start the year. Um, so like, I mean, yeah, chalk pick, but like, I just have a hunch that they're going to find a way to choke this. No, again. not they just, again. They, they have, they have real, like they, they're, they're giving off real, like Washington Capitals vibes. No, they're doing a me, Tampa Charles where it's like, they're only going to win it when we've all given up that they're going to win it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They're doing a Tampa where they choke it away a couple of times and then they get it together and they win themselves a Stanley Yeah, but Cup. Tampa only got to that point after they had like the choke of chokes. Colorado hasn't reached that low yet. Mm-hmm. They, they got to reach that low. If they add Claude Giroux, right. the ultimate leader. And that's the other thing. Like Tampa did their Mr. choking. Playoffs, Claude Giroux. Tampa did their chokes while they still had time left on the meter. Like the Avalanche are kind of like they don't really have the luxury, I think, of fucking up another year. Because I don't, I don't think that they can keep that team together. All they have to do is not allow Nazem Kadri to get himself suspended. That's oh, really Kadri. what it's gonna, that's re- I love him. He's, I, he he's can't get out of his own way. He's a he really is. character in my mind. Yes. Like, oh, I mean, he's uh, so uh, look, good, and he just gets he does I, stupid, dirty shit. But like, so stupid at the worst look, possible time. Look, all time. all I'm gonna say about Nazem Kadri is this: the last time he was on the market, the Flyers really tried to get him. I wanted him, and they were like the runner-up, from what I understand. I would have been very pumped about that move. Man, I would not be shocked if they him. try it again. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, they'd have to pay him a shitload because he's having an incredible year. Yeah, he's but they, fucking they the like. Best I was gonna say that would be that would be the that's flyers. the most this, flyers shit ever. Yeah. Peak flyers. We're gonna overpay for Nazem Kadri at the end of his career when he's no longer as good as he was before, and try to build a team around him. Him and Rasmus Ristolainen. <laughs> Here come the Flyers. I, when I they get like, into the playoffs, they'll be tough to play against until they're yes. suspended. I'm I'm told that Rasmus Ristolainen is very difficult to play against in the playoffs. People know that right. he's never been in. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but in we just know years. he's going to be. Trust us, because we know how to watch the game. Right. And if you did, you would know so, too. Realistically, yeah, let's, let's go back to these trades. Realistically, oh, yeah, trades. what can we expect back in a Giroux trade? Like, I hate talking about hypothetical trades because you never know. Like, Ben Sherratt just went for a first. I don't know. Yeah, that's the problem. I want that first. And well, Florida gave Florida it away for Ben Sherratt. Yeah, exactly. So, Florida ain't got him. Yeah, but the, the guys that are being named from Florida's standpoint. Good, right? Yeah, like, I honestly, like... I, it all depends on how how it plays out, but like I like the the package that's, that's rumored from Florida. I, I there's there's a lot of people. I, I had this conversation actually with Maddie after the game, um, 
there's a lot of people, especially on Flyers Twitter, that are, like, real, real low on Owen Tippett. And, like, I get it that he's kind of, like, a post-hype guy, but, like, I've always liked him a lot. And I do think a lot of the concern about Tippett from from Flyers fans' perspective, and I get this, is that, like, he probably needs some fixing, and the Flyers haven't really shown from a developmental standpoint that they can, like, fix guys. Nope. But I really like the skill set, and if you're getting him... In in addition to to Mackie uh, Sam Samuskevich. Yeah, good luck, buddy. Actually, yeah. I, I I did have Mackie. this. No, I, I did I did <laughs> have this. I, I listened to his name like four times before before this, and now I just forgot it. It's a lot um, of letters. But anyway, he's real good. He's real good. He's real yeah. talented. And then there's been talk about Denisenko as well, who's also real good and real talented. Like I probably. Look, especially if they're going for this retool, this aggressive retool, like, I'd rather take a prospect who not only was a first-round pick but hasn't decreased his stock since being a first-round pick than taking a first-round pick. Like, oh, no, I, I want I, someone else's scouting work. I'd rather have the actual first-round pick who's proven a year after being drafted that he's still worthy of being viewed as a first-round pick than just a first-round pick who, even if it all works out well, is probably going to take a year longer than the guy who's already been a first-round pick. I guess it's just that, and granted, all of my draft knowledge is based off of things I read other people say because I can't be bothered to watch prospects. Um, The 23 draft is just supposed to be like, so good and like extremely deep but also i mean if you're getting a first round pick from florida or colorado in the 2023 draft it's probably going to be like 28th i mean how deep can a draft be fair yeah you could package those picks you know to get some it's 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 samus samuskevich is how you pronounce it oh that's not so bad that'll be smart i'll I'll never remember it's basically just pronounced as it said yeah i uh pronounced as it's spelled i still um i I want i kind of am prospects over picks right now because who's making these picks is it yeah fair enough is it this organization because uh i want Mm. i want i want the players someone else thought was good not (laughs) the guys specifically colorado yeah Yeah. the guys who run colorado (laughs) and florida seem to know what the fuck they're doing right i want their players the players we pick are not as good as their players that's a very a very valid (laughs) point let's take them but i i I do think though sorry kelly but i I do think that with colorado's package i think is including and this is based on this isn't just speculation this is based on people i've talked to colorado's package is including the first like that's that's their selling point is that they have the first yeah they can offer it that's that's it like it's probably gonna be 32nd overall yeah but like they have the first I think the Flyers like Drew, Drew Hellison. He's gone. He was sent out in the uh, in the in the Josh Manson trade. Um, they still have Justin Barron, who is another right-handed shooting defenseman. The thing with Justin Barron for me is that I don't love him as a prospect. Like I like him as a value. Like I think he's he's a valuable prospect. But I don't love. I just wonder if you're getting another Phil Myers, like mm-hmm. a guy with all the physical tools who isn't just that great from a hockey IQ standpoint. Like I, I worry about that with him. Um, like Sean Barons, who is also on Bobby Brink's team at Denver. Like yeah. he, I like him more than Barron. Actually, it's just that stylistically, I don't know if he fits because, um, you know, because 
he's kind of like another Cam York. Like, I don't know if they would want another Cam York when they're already depending on, you know, having Cam York in this lineup. And I don't think they're going to trade Travis Sanheim. So, like, okay, where does this guy fit? So, I I could – to me, it's like if Colorado does a deal, it's probably a first in Barron and maybe something else. And, like, I would prefer the Florida package. That's the more intriguing package even without the first. I don't want – I don't want any more defensemen. I need goal-scoring hockey players. Goal-scoring hockey This is what I want. I want goal-scoring hockey players. I no longer want a reliable right-handed defenseman. I'm very tired. They do need the ability to transition to offense. Fair. And get the puck out of their zone and into the offensive zone. Like, I'll take any of them. I don't care. Like, draft... Uh, free agents, prospects, we're trading, for whatever. They need help at literally every position, and I'm including goaltender. Um, I'll take anything at this point. You mentioned Phil Myers. Just how fucking funny was that? <laughs> how you fucking... could have bet the house on it, Bill. He stinks. <laughs> that had to be. I didn't hear the <laughs> announcement. That was his first goal, right? I don't. Yes. He, yeah. No, like, it wasn't. All of the Flyers things combined right there. Like it's so good. X Flyer scores, first of the season, everything. It was probably you know, it, it within was, minutes of one of our goals. Uh, it, was it was one was of those perfect. things too where like I didn't even think of the possibility. And then once it happened, it was like, well, yeah. Like, of I, course. How, how did I not think? <laughs> I how did I not know this was gonna happen? I meant to tweet and forgot earlier in the day. Like, I wonder if Phil Myers is even playing tonight. And of course, then he scores a fucking goal. I, I, it just, it baffled because it didn't. It was the most obvious outcome. I'm surprised it wasn't the game winner, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I guess my question, and we kind of talked about this a little bit. Um. You know, would we rather? Like, are you at the point where like you care more about where he goes or what? package the mm. flyers get so like, here's... Are, are you are you looking at it purely from like a i don't care if he's traded to florida or colorado even if i prefer one team over the other as long as like they get the better package or is it like i don't i want him to go to a spot because i want him to win a cup and that's all that matters to me i want to be able to root for a team i want to root for what if there are two kelly's inside of me <laughs> one of them is rooting for the best package and one of them okay but um i i got i it's just like none of these packages, either one of them, is like so electric to me that it outweighs my desire to be a Colorado Avalanche fan. I like But granted, it was never gonna be. Like they were they were never gonna get like the the holy shit, like they got Bowen Byram or Alex Newell's package. I guess that was that's never the gonna thing, happen. That, like, those Florida players are good players. Okay. Like, facts. They're good players. But, like, are they good enough players that they're going to help the Flyers win a lot of hockey games next year? I don't know. No, probably not. Right. So it's like, okay. So, it, because once again, as Bill said a thousand times, we all have to operate inside the reality that they're not rebuilding, they're retooling. So they're going to try to be good next year. And if what we're getting for Claude Drew doesn't help next year, then maybe I care more about being a Colorado Avalanche fan than I do about the players that they get back because they're going to be maybes for future Kelly to think about. Whereas next year, Kelly might not give a fuck about Owen Tippett because he's in Lehigh Valley and that's too far for me to drive. Or, 
for. They're traded for something that does help us in the offseason. Ooh, all right, though. All right. For what it's worth, and this is, I mean, this is based on what I've I've been hearing. For what it's worth, I mean, I think he's going to Florida. It certainly seems that way. I think they're closer with Florida. That seems like where all things are pointing. I think they're kind of hoping that Colorado panics. Exactly. That's what I'm hoping for. And ups their offer. Yeah. Um, Because my understanding of Colorado, from what I've heard from the people I've talked to, is that there are some people in that organization that really, really want Claude Drew. Like, it's not everyone. I'm not saying, like, I think everyone in the organization would like to have Claude Drew, but there are some people that are like, we need to get this fucking guy. And I think they're hoping that, like, somebody blinks and is like, no, we got to give, you know, another really good prospect because we got to get this guy. And it it probably won't happen because they're a smart organization. But, like, you never know. But they also, like, it's not dumb to go, like... All right, fuck it. We're trying to win this year. That's my thing. It's not dumb. It's like not a smart organization. Like the, yes, the LA fair, Rams fair. just did it. They said fuck them picks and got everybody <laughs> and won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, it's not when you have a finite amount of time, like we always talk about. We're not sure the Flyers know that the cap means you have to prioritize things. They know. Colorado knows their cap situation and their contract yes. situation and that they should go for it, perhaps. Like, yeah. that wouldn't be the dumbest thing in the world. I don't even know if it's panicking so much as just like, hey, you know who's the best team other than us? The Florida Panthers. They're right. going to be adding Claude Giroux. That could yeah. potentially, like, hurt us in a Stanley Cup final. Let's have that guy to hurt them instead. Yeah. Like, like if it's you're not dumb to think that way. No. If you're dealt aces, you push all your chips in. Like, maybe you lose, but pushing all the chips in wasn't a dumb decision. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. And right now, Colorado is in a position where they probably should push it all in because, like, okay, yeah, you're going to keep a prospect that's going to be really good for you in two years, but, like, who else is on the team in two yeah. years? Also, Nazem Kadri is, like, going to have 100 points. You think, like, you're going to have a year yeah, like that Yeah, it's not going to happen again. again? No. Well, you're probably not even going to have Nazem Kadri next it's, year. Right, no, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, like, it's that kind of year for them where that guy is having that season – you're not going to have something to replicate that probably. In no. fairness, in fairness though, the way Colorado is run, oh, the yeah, way they're I mean, coached, like I feel like every season they're going to yeah, have a Nazem Kadri who like out of nowhere goes from being like a 45 point oh. guy to an 80 point guy. Like that's just them. Cuz they right have now. a good GM and a good coach, right? Yeah, yeah and really good players yeah. that they can put those yeah, guys with and make them better than they are. Yeah, like yeah. who do you defend? What's on that, that like? Of course he's got, <laughs> of course he can score. Like, because everyone's looking around like, oh my god. We do it the other way, where we have one good player and put a bunch of bad players around him. And then we blame that guy. And then we blame the good guy for being worse. Yeah, Yeah, so actually, can we get into that? I'm going to have to get off soon. I do want to talk about this, because it it was more or less the focus of my column um, that I was up real late last night writing, because I wanted to to do it right. I wanted to do this game justice, but... When I was texting you about AFI. When you were texting me about (laughs) AFI. We, we, this this was great. I was in the middle of writing the column, and I get a text from from Bill at like one a.m. It's like, "Hey, the AF, AFI song Misery Cantar." Like, do you like that song? And I'm like, "Yeah, I was a huge AFI fan in high school." Like, are you kidding me? Like, that was my shit. He's like, "I thought you would have liked that." <laughs> but anyway, um, the argument, the, the the core part of the the column I wrote was basically just that, like, in the end. The part about this game that was a downer is that, like, 
the Claude Giroux has deserved better from the Flyers for years. And it was nice that they they made it up to him last night on many levels. You know, the his teammates basically won him the game on a night where he didn't have it. You know, the the organization really, really treated him well with, with everything they did for him pregame and postgame and, and and everything and during the game. That even. ceremony was fucking awesome. It was great. Like, it was great. Whatever they you did... want about this organization, they deserve it. Last night they did a great job. Flawless, they yes. did a great job. But it just it, to me, you know, it doesn't take away from the fact that this organization still deserves to be heavily criticized that it got to this point in the first place and that Claude Drew had to be traded because you built such a poorly performing team that a guy who never wanted to leave this city had to go. No, like you had this that guy sucks. you had this guy have this career, put up these numbers with a lot of not-so-talented players around him, imagine if you were a competent organization what he could have done. Steph pulled up who had the most ice time with him during his time here, and it made me laugh because it's Jake Voracek, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I was just laughing at the idea that like this, this man got himself to 609 assists playing with a dude who wouldn't shoot the puck Refuses if it was on shoot. fire. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, Jake. Like, we'll only how? pass it into the net if absolutely necessary. Imagine if he had, like, scoring wingers. Just imagine it. It would have been He insane. did. Michael Raffle. Oh, yeah. 18, 18 even strike goals or whatever it was. 19 something. Like that. Yay. All right. Yeah. It's going to be... I, this trade is going to happen as soon as we're done recording. Absolutely. Uh, I think we've we've pretty much hit it all. Is there anything anyone else wants to get out? Um, I uh, would it's not really not. specific to the show, but I would just like to say thank you to everyone who came out who won tickets and sat with us and had a good time and like told us that you like us. We like that. Did Always tell us that you like us. Show? They did. Right. Every one of them. Um we had some people come up to us on the concourse and say hello, which was very cool. Um and then also uh, Steve and I, at the very least, I don't know who else is going to join, are going to do a BSH Trade Center green room on Ooh, Monday. Okay. We're both working from home, so we're like, might as well just fire up the green room and talk about what's happening. So, Bill Matz might be there too. I don't know. I might be. Uh, so, we're going to do that. So, if you like our green room stuff, people were actually saying, Bill, we got a lot of like green rooms great. I really like it. So, it's, yeah. I, I love it. it it's, sometimes it's very the cool. It's a pain in the dick, but like, I really enjoy the format. I might hijack your your chat like every post game now because I like it so much. But anyway, um, we're going to do that. So if you're hanging around Monday and you're bored, hop on the green room and say hi to us. But otherwise, that's nothing else for me. I guess uh, my final thought, and this kind of piggybacks off what Kelly was just saying, but um, you know about the fans coming to the game, you know, all the people that, that took the tickets and won that. I, I will say, you know, to the fans that were there in particular, but really just the fans as a whole. I mean, I I think it was really cool that the fans came through. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and and I talked about how like the organization did right by Drew, that his team, the teammates did right by Drew, the fans did right by Drew last night. Yeah. You know, th- this is this was a game, a Thursday night game against the Nashville Predators. Like even if the Flyers were good, this wouldn't be a game where the building was packed. And considering how bad they've been, like. This was a game where if this wasn't Claude Drew's thousandth game, there might have been eight thousand people in the stands. Yep. Like and and that place was packed for Claude Giroux. Yeah. That place was rocking for Claude Giroux. And I think being in the room with Giroux after the game, 
I really think it meant a lot to him. Like, I, I, it had to go through his mind looking up at the stands some of these games. Like, fuck, are there going to be 8,000 people here for my last game and it's going to yeah. be a big ceremony and then it's just going to be a big joke? Like, yeah. Yeah. But, like Giroux was failed by this organization, all of us feel as if we were failed by this organization by not putting anything around G for all these years. But last night wasn't about the team. It was about that guy. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly, and and the fans, you know, the fans did right by him, and I thought that was cool, and and I want to make it clear, you know, I'm obviously not, like, best friends with Claude Drew or anything, but, like, you could tell by the way he was speaking in that press conference just how much it meant to him, and I think the fans should know that. That makes me really happy. Awesome. All right, I think that about does it. That is all the time I have, for, we have for you. That's all the time I have for, <laughs> I'm out of here. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, you got to hit that subscribe button, search Broad Street Hockey, wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. Uh, yeah, there's going to be, uh, post games will still go on. There is still a season for some reason. Show must go on. We will, we will continue to watch this team without Claude Giroux, which is going to be just a fucking great time. Uh, but, you know, 22 games left, fam. That's all we got to do. All right. Uh, yeah. For Steph, for Charlie, my name is Bill Matz. Thank you, Claude Giroux. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey goals? Our team! No one does more hockey than our boys. The Flyers! What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.